Hello and welcome to episode two of And Why Not, the filmy podcast from the nerds who haunted themselves. Uh, I'm Stuart Moraine and on this week's episode I was joined by Jonathan Melville, author of the book uh, Seeking Perfection, the the unofficial guide to tremors. Uh, So guess what film we were talking about? Well, you've probably seen the picture. It was Tremors. Uh, It was great to talk to Jonathan about Tremors and that. Big fan of his book, big fan of the film. You'll find out my feelings on the sequels a little bit within the thing. Um, But yeah, certainly the original Kevin Bacon one, I absolutely love. Um, Yeah, and it was great to talk to him about that and the process of writing the book and a little bit about why there's no Tremors merch. Um, that's all coming up. He dropped some links in the show. I'll give you them again at the end. And you can find all the plugs he mentions in the show notes on the Podbean site. So uh, until after the show, I uh, hope you enjoy it. I shall throw you over to Pass Me and Jonathan Melville. Hello, John. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How's yourself? Uh, very good, thank you. Uh, a bit warm, but... <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm just not used to this crazy, this warm weather. It's It's, it's alien in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> although it's kind of fitting for the film we're talking about. That's true. Yeah, so, that's very true. As long as there's no graboids. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, Tremors, the 1990 yeah. Kevin Bacon classic. Mm-hmm. So um, sort of take me back to the beginning. What are your sort of memories of discovering Tremors, seeing Tremors for the first time? Well, my first memory of Tremors is sitting in my... Uh, living room when I was, well, it was 1992 when it was first shown on television on BBC One. And I think it was kind of, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night or something. And I remember just it coming on and just watching it and immediately being, uh, I'm so tempted to say grabbed by it, but just, uh, you know, hooked on this film, which uh, is funny and scary and, um, uh, you know, a bit of romance in there and action. It's got a bit of everything that I kind of like in my my films, I suppose. And um, yeah, so it just kind of stuck with me. And years later, you know, I just ended up kind of following the the franchise, I suppose, as as it went through, as it as it as they appeared, these films, yeah. not having a clue. This was, of course, before the internet, so not having a clue if a new film was being made. Uh, and then going to the video shop and seeing a sequel. So that was kind of me. Just I was a fan, but back in the day, you couldn't do much else apart from just wait and and uh, hope that there was another film. You know, because they were dormant for a few years, weren't they? And then they just started popping up in the video shop every couple of years. That's it right. A, yeah, yeah. It's quite bizarre. Because I I think I saw it. I don't think I saw it the first time. I might have seen it about a year later. Because I remember Lois and Clark was on the same Saturday. Okay. So we'd, yeah. we'd watch that, and then my dad let us stay up to watch Tremors because I was, I just discovered Footloose, so I was becoming a bit of a Kevin Bacon <laughs> fan. So yeah. that was yeah. my reason for watching Tremors, and yeah, same as you, absolutely loved it. Yeah. So well, were you sort of yeah. aware of it before you saw it, or? I don't think I was. Uh, I would have been about, I think, sixteen when that was on. And uh, where I lived, it was uh, although I'm from Edinburgh, I was born in Edinburgh. By that point, we were living in the Highlands of Scotland, um, so in the middle of nowhere, really. And the the shop, the paper shop that we had, they would get in uh, Starburst magazine, but it was always kind of a, a month late. We always seemed to get it late, so 
that was kind of my only real connection to this world of science fiction and fantasy and, and a bit of horror. Um, so I don't think at the time, I probably wasn't buying the magazine when the film came out. So uh, I don't think I knew about it. I can't really remember that, that, to be honest, but I don't think I did. So it was a bit of a surprise. But it's just, as, as I've said already, it's just such a, that combination of, of different kind of genres that, that are clashing, uh, it just really works. And I think the fact that it doesn't take itself too seriously is something else I like. And, and to this day, I like films and um, TV shows that are maybe um, slightly self-aware. I don't think Tremors was completely self-aware, but I think it just, it knew it's, it's, it kind of wore its references on its sleeve. You know, the whole, those old ant 50s movies with the atomic ants and creatures uh, attacking scientists and things. Yeah. I think that was really where it was, what it was based in. But of course, rather than the scientists, there were two handymen that saved the day. Uh, and even just that idea is, is just that little bit quirky, you know, a little bit more quirky. Um, so yeah, it was an immediate uh, success with me, but uh, I didn't think, oh, I want to write a book on it. Not at that point, certainly, <laughs> but <laughs> but it, no, it just stuck with me, I think. And But I don't remember anyone else watching. I don't really remember going to school and talking about it, although it was a long time ago, so maybe I did, but <laughs> it, was, it was a while back now. Yeah, it was one of sort of that era when you used to get a big film on Saturday night on BBC One and you, you kind of just watch what your parents watched for me. So Yeah, so. it was probably my mum my mum that put it on. You know, she probably switched on BBC One because I don't think I was controlling the television at that point and and um and there it was. Yeah. And that that was only what, two years after it was shown at the cinema. Yeah, which is pretty good. I can't even I can't even think now. Films, of course, are are on streaming within a couple of months, really, isn't it? A couple, you know, you can yeah, watch. Yeah, it's about a six month window, months. isn't it? Minimum. So. Yeah. Whereas back then, I guess it took. I think it was about. Well, I think back then it was about six months before you could rent a film. Yeah. And then and then a year before you could buy it. I think it was something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, but then I suppose films played differently at the cinema then, didn't they? They sort of travelled around a bit more than opened in one mass. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It makes it sound uh, really old, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, also we didn't have a cinema near us. Uh, I mean, it was quite remote. We didn't have a car either. So where we lived, this little place called Golsby, the the nearest cinema was in Inverness, which was a couple of hours away. Uh, and I think at that point, real, they only had one little cinema called La Scala, which had maybe one screen, maybe two at most. So, um, you know, going to the pictures back then was a real treat. Yeah. And so Tremors, I don't, who knows if it even showed up in Inverness. I suspect it didn't. Uh, but so, yeah, I, it was it was a real surprise to me, as I say, just this crazy little West Western sci-fi thing popping up yeah yeah um so sort of from there was it one that you went out and bought on video or just actively waited for it to come back on telly or how did it sort of go well, from I, that to writing I, the book was it yeah your well new I, obsession or <laughs> well i can remember going on holiday to i've got relatives in uh canada and um who who originally from 
um, Edinburgh, uh, from Scotland. But anyway, we went out to Canada in 1996, which is when Tremors 2 came out on video. So I remember going to, it was near Toronto that they, they lived. And um, for me, coming from this little, well, I think by that point I'd gone, I was in university, but uh, just going over there, you know, it's just, whenever you go to America or Canada or something like that, it's a, it, it's kind of a completely different world to 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 the UK. Or certainly it was then. I suppose, I suppose now it's a bit more similar, but it was just that everything's bigger over there. Yeah. But I remember going to the Blockbuster, and it was just a massive Blockbuster from in my memory anyway, a massive Blockbuster store, and uh, and just going through the the shelves and trying to pick something out to watch. And we we hired a, f- a few things, and one of them was this film, Tremors Two: Aftershocks, which, as I was saying earlier, I didn't, I don't think I, I knew existed at that point. So I can remember being really, uh, just excited to, to take this back to the, um, the house that we were that they were staying in their their house, and watching this on on video, and just loving it again. Just I think Tremors Two is is such a great film, such a great sequel. Um, that uh, again, I sort of f- fell in love with with Tremors and and all over again, I suppose. Um, so that was what six. Well, that would have been four years after I saw it first. After I saw the first one, yeah. Um, uh, but again, ninety six. I suppose the internet was coming in around then because uh, we were using that at <laughs> university. So it sounds like two like a very old man speaking, doesn't it? The, the internet was invented then. <laughs> Uh, but it was a bit like that. I remember you'll, I'm sure you remember as well, just going on and Google it. Well, of course you couldn't Google things. You're searching for things, trying to think. I wonder what I could look for. What do I like that I could see if there's a web page for? Uh, and a lot of times there was nothing. You just couldn't get anything for certain things. No, that's uh, it. Or it was a badly put together word document kind of thing with a couple of pictures. <laughs> yeah, with that really strange kind of background that was like almost like paper. I think that's some it. Kind of weird papery sort of stuff. Um, so I think at some point I do remember becoming aware. I think of Tremors three, which came out in two thousand and one. So a few years later, I suppose I must. I, I think I probably found it on some sort of website. Uh, that anyway, I'm jumping forward a little bit here. We were only talking about Tremors two there, but uh, but I think I did begin to become aware. I started finding more information anyway, and and was looking forward to any other sequels. Yeah. Yeah, because three was the one that led into the TV series, wasn't it? Or yeah, basically came yeah. closest to it. Yeah, it kind of inspired th- that format of being back in perfection and trying to uh, kill this. Well, protect slash kill. That's it. Cause it had the interesting thing that they couldn't kill it because it was a protected species, wasn't it? So... Yeah, which is a really quite a clever idea. I just. Again, uh, you know, th- these films just, there were, th- the creators really cared about them. And I think they could have gone down the route of really quite cynical ways of uh, presenting a sequel, which tends to be what happens, isn't it? You, yeah. you have um, something bigger, there's always the bigger monster in the film. And, uh, you know, the, the challenge, of course, gets gets bigger both literally and i suppose metaphorically but certainly literally you, you've got a huge monster to kill in one film and the next one the, the creature has to get bigger and with tremors they kind of went slightly differently and the creatures actually got smaller 
uh, where you had your shriekers and your ass blasters. And um, they just, they had fun with it. But it also, I just feel they didn't, they kind of respected the audience a little bit. Certainly the writers did. I think the studio, Universal, they were, of course, were in it for the money. Yeah. And of course, the creators and the writers were, of course, they had to earn their living and, and they were doing it for the money. But at the same time, I think they actually, they stopped and said, right, okay, what what would be the most logical way for this story to go rather than just saying, oh, let's just make it a bigger monster and start, you know, bigger guns. That's it. Same again, but bigger kind of <laughs> yeah. formula. Yeah, and they were, they were clever and, and, and funny. And I think that's the other thing that... that that really helps with these films is that the viewers know, I get this idea of, of being in on the joke, I suppose. So we were in on the joke that it was a sequel. And so were the, 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 the characters almost. And they, in Tremors 2, they made fun of the fact that the Grady character wasn't Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Wasn't Val, but, uh, but that he, but that the audience kind of knew he was meant to be. So it's, it's almost like the audience knew they couldn't get Kevin Bacon uh, and, and the, the, the filmmakers just kind of played with that joke. So I think, I think that helps. Having that sense of humour really helps the, the viewer stay in that, in that world, I think. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, again, you know, just so many other other sequels, other franchises that maybe are just that little bit more po-faced and serious are, it's maybe harder to, for the audience to go along with it because they, they know it's ridiculous that they're on the sixth film in the franchise, but the film itself is still quite serious about it. Whereas with Tremors now, I think they're making Tremors seven, which is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, and uh, but yeah, they still got the sense of humor in there, even though the sense of humor now is not quite to my taste. But that's we can always talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, um, that is something I do want to talk about with the sort of shift a little bit with five and mm. then six kind of thing. But so yeah. sort of your love of Tremors, how did the led to the book and that? How did the book come about? Well, the book was uh, I was. So I think it was, what year was it? 2011 was the 21st anniversary of Tremors, of the first film. Uh, so I wanted to, to I, was, I was kind of doing some freelance writing for different magazines at the time. And I wanted to, to write something for SFX magazine, which I'd been buying since issue one. And so I pitched them. I can't remember if I got in touch with S.S. Wilson, who's one of the co-creators and co-writers of Tremors 1 to 4. I can't remember if I got in touch with him first or if I pitched the idea to SFX first, but I said to them, you know, let's, do you want something on Tremors at 21? So SFX said yes at some point, and Steve Wilson said yes, and then I got in touch with Michael Gross, who is, of course, Burt Gummer, and I immediately had two brilliant interviewees to have a chat to about the Tremors franchise. And at that point, as I say, it was the 21st anniversary coming up and Tremors 4 had been out in 2004, I think it was. So the franchise was completely, uh, it was was dead really, as far as everyone yeah. was concerned. And I was asking about Tremors 5 and nobody knew anything. 
And um, and then a couple of years, maybe a year or two later, I was thinking, I'd quite like to try and write a book. Nobody's written a book on tremors. Why don't I have a go? I've got two interviews that I couldn't use all the content. So why don't I try and repurpose those and maybe speak to some more people who were involved? And by the end of, and I actually kept putting that off because I thought, well, I've never written a book before. I don't really know how. I don't quite know. <laughs> I just don't really know how to write a book. Uh, so that was a bit scary. So I, I do, I've found notes over the, the last few years, different notes I had scribbled down about Tremors, a, a book on Tremors. And then I obviously just kept putting it to one side and thought, oh, maybe someone else will do it and I don't have to worry about it. And then nobody else did it. So I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll have a go. And started contacting more people. And I think the fact that, of course, I'd spoken to Michael and Steve meant that some other people who were involved in the films thought, oh, well, if they've spoken to him, then maybe it's okay to speak to him. And yeah. He's not just some total uh, weirdo. <laughs> uh, and um, so by the end of it, I think I had about 50 interviews, which really was maybe too many. I think I just got really carried away with speaking to really interesting people uh, producers and writers and actors and uh, special effects people and all these different, uh, you know, cast and crew. Uh, and it was just kind of a bit addictive. I think once you start speaking to people and getting, you just, I got carried away anyway. <laughs> so I had all these interviews and then I had to do something with them. And so then there was a whole process, of course, of turning that into a book. And it was really good fun. And it was a lot uh um, was it hard i suppose it was it was it wasn't it was tricky i mean it wasn't the hardest job in the world or anything but i think it was uh again as i said just trying to work out how do you how do you do this what sort of format would work best so i pinched ideas from other books that i liked about yeah. films and tv shows and just would, would have a look at them and say oh they did, did a uh, a section on episodes of a TV show. This is the format they used. I'll maybe borrow that. Uh, so there's a lot of stealing from other people's ideas, but the content was all mine, honest. Uh, but so yeah, it was good. It was good fun. It was really good fun. <coughs> cool. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So um, sort of, you got the ball rolling with that and got to speak to all the different people, and that was it a lot of traveling around to speak to people or was it all in the age of the internet emails and Skype <sighs> <Yeah>. calls and <laughs> yeah it was all from the, the comfort of my own home or my, <laughs> my own flat at the time and yeah I would just I, I used I, I get emails sometimes in the last few weeks I've had a few emails from people who want to write their own books and so they've they've got in touch and said how, how did you do it uh and I just made it up as I went along, but I, I kind of, I found people who had websites. So some actors, of course, and directors and producers and things have their own websites. So sometimes it was just going on there and, and getting in touch. The other way I would recommend is through IMDb Pro, yeah. which I guess most people haven't heard of because they don't need to use it, but that's the paid for version of IMDb. I think it's at the time it was something like 13 pounds a month. And you could just sign up to it and it gives you all the addresses of agents and managers and publicists for all these different people. And sometimes it's the person themselves. So sometimes if it's a camera operator or a sound man or a stunt man, they've just got their own email address there. So I would just send them an email and say, 
hey, I'm writing this book on tremors. Do you want to chat? They would say, hey, it was 20 years ago. I can't remember that much about it, but okay. Uh, and just took it from there, really. And sometimes we'd ask them if they knew of anybody that I should speak to. And then sometimes they would recommend a friend and they would pass me their email address and things. So uh, as I say, just made it up as I went along and it worked out quite nicely, I think. And uh, Yeah, I mean, you, your passion for it definitely comes across in the book. And I think that's, if you're going to write a book like that, you need to have the passion for the subject, I think. Mm. And like Absolutely. I say, that, that definitely comes through in the book. Good. Well, that's good. Yeah. To the uh, point where it made me reappraise the sequels because I wasn't a massive <laughs> fan of the sequels. <laughs> yeah, I, I was quite... I think, uh, you know, looking back, if I'm being a bit critical of myself, I think I I was a little bit... I kind of like... I suppose I like to... When I watch something... I mean, I like sometimes reading reviews of films, but uh, quite often, again, I don't. I just don't, and I just watch it myself and see what yeah. I think. And I was a little bit careful not to um, review each film individually and sort of say, and then this happens, and I think that this means that, and I think the reason that they did that was this. My view for this book was very much, I want to know from the person who, who wrote it why they wrote it. I don't want to just guess why they did it. And yeah. I think I think that an analytical approach is completely valid and I think I say in the book, if someone else wants to write that book, I would actually love to read it. I just don't think that I would be very good at that. So I think that's where, and I wonder if I maybe should have done that a little bit more, but who knows? Um, nobody else has really picked up on that. I just, it was me that thought that. So I think you're, you're always your worst critic. Uh, but but no, as you said, uh, but yeah, about the sequels, I just, I think because I was watching them so much for the book, I... I was just, I suppose, paying attention a bit more and seeing a few of the the connections that was maybe they were maybe intended by the creators. And Tremors Four does get derided quite a lot these days, and uh, and it's not. I, I wouldn't say it's the best film in the franchise at all, but I think it does work as part of this. I think it works as part of the franchise. Um, yeah, and I think there are certainly connections there and. Um, so yeah, I hope that people do give them a chance. And I know a lot of people who bought the book. That was a, that was the thing, I suppose. Writing the book, most people have only seen the first film, and most people who have seen the first film wouldn't buy a book on it. So it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's quite a niche. The fact that you wanted to read that, I guess you're you're in quite a niche. But we're both quite niche because we're sitting on a podcast talking about tremors, which is yeah. quite, <laughs> lots of niches. But uh, but I knew most people would want to read about the first film. So that is probably makes up about half of it, half of the book. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I think I've, I've said it was just, it was good fun and, and really nice to speak to these guys. And, and, and I felt I owed it to the creators in a way to just do, do them, you know, do them proud, I suppose, and do, do some sort of justice to what they'd, they'd created. And I was trying to tell their story through it as well. I don't know. Hopefully that that worked. It's it's again hard to quite know if you if you've done it properly. But trying to tell that story of these guys who were originally they wrote the script themselves from just their own passion and their own sense of uh, you know let's try something different, and then by the end of the process, by sort of twenty fifteen when the book came out, they had eventually been pushed off the franchise that they created 
by the studio that had originally hired them and they were kind of just told we don't want to know you so that that was i think for them that was obviously really tough and for me it was kind of a weird situation because i was trying to be sort of objective but at the same time i'd got to know them a bit just by email and by phone so i did feel you know i still felt a little bit um what's the word i don't know just i felt for them anyway i yeah. felt for them because i thought oh so because i there were emails going about I don't think it's telling tales, but there were emails in maybe 2014 or maybe early 2015 where they thought they were involved and they were they thought they were going to be going to South Africa to make this film. And then Universal sort of said, well, you can be involved, but we don't want you to have any creative control and you can't choose any of the actors and you can't do this, that and the other, um, which must have really hurt. And it's difficult just as a human being, I suppose, hearing this and seeing these emails coming through, just thinking, oh, that's really sad. <laughs> uh, so so anyway, yes, by the end of it, the, it, that was a story as well that I was trying to tell, I suppose, was just about the creative process and also just through the, the franchise itself, which started off as a feature film in cinemas and by Chambers 5 was a kind of direct-to-Netflix sequel. Yeah. Uh, which I guess just reflects the state of cinema these days in many in many ways. Yeah, I mean, the I remember when the fifth one, the early things I read about it was that it was going to be a remake mm. with the director of Jarhead Two, I think it was. Yeah, and I was kind of well, we're, we're going all out with remaking this then. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, it just eventually. Tremors 5, I didn't hear anything more about it. And then Tremors 5 just appeared on the video shelf in, well, the Blu-ray shelf by that point in my local HMV, mm-hmm. which I was working in at the time. So okay, got to grab it quick. But And um, yeah, it's just, I'd sort of dug into it backwards from that kind of thing. And when I watched it, I was like, it's missing something that the others had, even though I wasn't a massive fan of the earlier sequels, it was missing a charm that they still had. Yeah, and I think it sort of lost, like you say, the sense of humor changed. And I, I think to a certain degree, it maybe lost that sense of humor and replaced it with whatever they were going for with the fifth one. <laughs> yeah, I think the words the, the the word you used there, charm. I think that's the magic word. It it that whatever it was that mad, I suppose magic in a way, if you want to, if you know, for want of a better term, that that the the the, the, the the original films had uh it uh, it just was kind of missing and i think in in the book i said something at the end because i thought i kind of sensed without these guys being involved it was going to not be what it could be and maybe should be yeah and i did say something about is it going to be will tremors 5 be uh a film called tremors or will it be a tremors film and I think it was a film called Tremors. It was yeah. someone had said, okay, this is what you put in a Tremors film. You do this, that, and the other. You have explosions and you have Burt Gummer. And this is what happens. Whereas I think the creators, of course, I like to think would have come at it from a different angle and um, said, okay, well, what would happen to Burt? And, and how can we create this story around him rather than just saying, okay, let's just stick him in this thing. So although the script was based on their script right and uh they did write that but they but they'd written that film 10 years before that script 
and I think it was set in Australia originally. And as they said, there were no, there were very few, the internet I don't think was in it and cell phones weren't in it and things. And um, so they weren't allowed to update that script and, and it ended up as it was. And, and there's just this kind of, not to, to sit and be saying nasty things about the film, because I think I'm sure everybody tried very hard and uh, did their best, but it just is a little bit more. Um, certainly, Tremors Six is it feels just that little bit nastier. There's just kind of a, a or maybe more cynical. There's a cynical kind of uh, just a a not very nice aspect to it that it just jars with me. Yeah, I must admit, uh, I've not been able to bring myself to watch Six. I've yeah. bought it cheap, but I've just not. It's never appealed. I'm kind of like I remember yeah. Five though, and <laughs> I know, and I kind of wish I hadn't watched it in a way, but I feel like I kind of have to. It's my yeah. <laughs> my duty writing about Tremors, but but Burt Gummer in it, he's just uh, he's not Burt Gummer really. He's a Burt Gummer. It's strange. It's just it's just gone a bit strange really, and it's all a bit sad. But we still have, for me anyway, the, the first four films are, and the TV show, yeah, are just a nice little time capsule to go back and revisit. Yeah, one one hundred and you know, sort of led you on this journey, which I imagine has created some wonderful life experiences. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, one of the things I didn't mention was Kevin Bacon trying to get Kevin Bacon because I didn't. I hoped, of course, that I was going to get him for the book, him and Fred Ward. Because I managed to get most of the other perfectionites for the first film, well, most of the other characters that were in it, but uh, Kevin Bacon just I couldn't get him, and Fred Ward I couldn't get a response. At least with Kevin Bacon, I think I got some emails back from one of his representatives, but it took two years to get Kevin Bacon, and uh, that was another reason I, I sort of delayed it a little bit. I think I gave it I had a deadline of of um, 2014 I think for the right. book originally but it was very personal I, I didn't I don't know why I did that I can I suppose you ha- obviously you have to have a deadline but I then ended up changing that deadline and, I, and then I felt guilty about it and I was thinking why do I feel guilty hardly anyone knows this book's coming out it's not a blockbuster book so <laughs> uh, you, you end up put, putting pressure on yourself I think when you don't need to sometimes yeah uh, so I, anyway I waited that bit longer and then I managed to get Kevin Bacon and he was brilliant. You know, he was just really, I think I got about 20 minutes conversation with him and he was very charming and very happy to talk about the original film and heard a few stories that he, I hadn't heard before. And he talked a bit about Tremors 2 and why he wasn't in it and how he wanted to do, to revisit that character. And I think that, that was one of the first times that he'd said that anywhere and then over the coming you know, the following years he was saying it everywhere he kept saying to different websites oh i want to go back and do tremors uh do a tremors sequel but i don't want to do it as tremors six i want to do it as if the first one was the only one yeah so so yeah there's loads we could talk about we could be here for hours talking about you know <laughs> that the the kevin bacon pilot that came out or well, didn't actually come out it was never released but the, the i don't know if you saw the trailer I did see the trailer. Yeah, I've been trying to see yeah. if I can find it somewhere to watch, but it's just, it seems bizarre that they've got this thing that people are interested in that they're not even going to chuck up on the sci fi channel or something. Isn't it just strange? Just an edited together TV movie or something. 
Yeah, I think hopefully the truth will come out at some point about why it's not happened. I have no idea. There's maybe some sort of strange legal thing going on behind the scenes or I don't know because it's 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 all I think part of Universal maybe that that because I think it was a sci-fi channel which I think is part of Universal. Yeah. Uh yeah, all very strange. I, I have a feeling it might happen at some point though, but maybe they've missed the boat now. Maybe he maybe he won't do it again, but so yeah, so there was that and then of course there was uh, as we've already said the Tremors new Tremors sequels and um it's just this weird franchise that won't die, that had died, and now it must be making a lot of money for them because Tremors uh, 7 is going to be out probably, I suspect, 2020, which is, what, the 30th anniversary. Yeah. Uh, that would make more sense. And yeah, because I've still got my fingers crossed for some proper Tremors 30th anniversary celebrations, like a proper decent DVD or Blu-ray release. That would be great, yeah. I'm ho- I'm hoping. Uh, there was a Blu-ray, but it was really just the original. The, the Blu-ray came out a few years ago, and then there was a Steelbook edition, which I yeah, didn't it was buy. just the same, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Had a nice, thought, quite a nice cover, but yeah, it's one of those moments as a fan you think, should I get that or do I, <laughs> do I need it? And I, I think it was twenty-five quid or something. That's yeah, it. I'll save can, the money. Can I justify it? And then I can sort of feel my wife's eyes boring into the yeah. side of my head, like you've owned a video, <laughs> DVD, yeah. Blu-ray. You don't need it again. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see, of course, a box set that has all the films, I guess, including Tremors 7, I guess, at that point, and maybe the TV show, because the TV show hasn't had a release in the UK. So maybe that on Blu-ray, but I don't know if they could justify. I think that the audience is maybe too small for that. But uh, but, but yeah, it'd be lovely to have a, a nice new Blu-ray with lots of new special features for the first film. That's it, because I'd always heard that Kevin Bacon didn't like talking about Tremors. Whenever I'd mm. read about Tremors or an interview with Kevin Bacon, it always used to either skate over Tremors mm. or sort of yeah. imply that he, he detested it so much that he didn't like to speak about it kind of thing. Yeah, I I, I, I know what you mean. I think when I spoke to the to S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock, who created the films, when I was interviewing them, they would say things like, Kevin doesn't talk about it anymore and... Kevin didn't enjoy it. And I wonder if maybe some interviewers were a little bit scared to mention it because they thought he was going to be start shouting at them or something. And yeah, I there's think quite a good Chris Hardwick interview with him where he sort of, by the end of the interview, he seemed to be like, I might as well go for it and started asking him about Tremors and Footloose and that, the things that he'd heard Kevin Bacon doesn't like talking about. Yeah. And Kevin I... Bacon was kind of like, no, I love talking about that stuff. <laughs> it's like nobody ever asked. He's like, damn it, I wish I'd known earlier. Yeah, I think he probably, for many years didn't want to talk about it that's probably true because he said uh i'm trying to remember now what he did say but i think about chambers 2 he said he didn't want to make a sequel to a film that hadn't been successful because the first film just was a flop at the box office like so many of these cult cult favorites it just didn't do very well and it found its feet on uh, video vhs so I think he, he was just a bit scared to go back to that because people would say, why are you making a sequel to a failed film? Yeah. Which I completely understand. And yeah, so I suspect for a few years he was maybe a bit embarrassed and this weird... Because he's, he's done so many great films and, and of course Tremors is a great film, but it's just completely... I think it was it's sort of just before that period of serious Kevin Bacon, wasn't it? Of like Murder in the First and Sleepers and... Yes. 
Yeah, and I, the other night I was watching JFK, and I think the week before I'd watched A Few Good Men, and of course that yes. that, that sort of period, there's Kevin Bacon again. Weirdly, uh, I watched JFK the other night as well. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's not a bad little film. It's it's not. Quite... I really like it as a piece of history. It's like very debatable, but as a entertaining thriller kind of who done it yeah why done it kind of movie yeah that's right and and some just great little cameos from donald sutherland and and uh, jack lemon and various other people popping up it's 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 good but uh but yeah so kevin he probably was that little bit embarrassed by that that weird little sci-fi again, yeah sci-fi horror western romance whatever it is but but now he obviously embraces. I, I suppose the older he's he's got, the more he just looks back at his career and um, can be a bit more objective about things. That's it. And I suppose we kind of live in an age now where the fans of Tremors can get to him, kind of thing, or you know he can see it through social media or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's not like he's living in a kind of bubble where he's just hearing industry kind of things for you know want of a better term. Yeah, and I, and I suppose as an actor, I'm guessing, but I'm, I, I guess you there aren't many okay well with kevin bacon I'd, i've never seen a, a, a few good men facebook group or <laughs> you know people on twitter particularly going mad about jfk uh whereas whenever tremors is on tv people are going crazy and you see gifs and photos of kevin bacon and all this you know so it's having that sort of little cult film that people love so much must be quite nice i would think it the older you get, you look back and um, you know that people still remember you. Again, Footloose as well, of course, that yeah. was, uh, I suppose in its way, it is a little cult, it's kind of a cult film. So he's obviously warmed to it all and, and mellowed. But yeah, it's kind of a shame. I think, I mean, I did end up reading a script for for the, the, the new pilot episode. And, I, and, I, and with that, I was a little bit... I, I, I think I've said before or written somewhere, you know, just saying, I don't like to, I don't like to think of myself too much as a, as a prude. I mean, I, I don't mind. Yeah. I have nothing wrong with bad language. I maybe have used a little bit of bad language in my time. Um, I don't mind, uh, you know, I'm happily watch films that are, you know, and I'll watch most films, but uh, there's just something that charm again, I keep, I keep, coming back to the charm, I suppose, that's missing, I felt, from the Tremors pilot, and it goes a little bit more for the the more adult humour. And it's a little bit like, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Torchwood when it was first on yes. back in the day. Yeah. And they, there was there's, there's kind of two types of adult, isn't there? There's adult as in your swearing and your uh, sex scenes and your... Uh, that's kind of one type, and then there's the other kind of adult, which is you're sort of just a bit more intelligent, or yeah, a bit dark, not, not even darker, but just you know, you tell the, the the writers have put a bit more thought into it. And I think with with Tremors, they went for the the, the sex, you know, the, the sexual references and, and things like that, which was never in Tremors. No, that's it. So, I mean, the tone of the trailer for that pilot felt kind of in keeping with the series. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think you put it on the Facebook group about you'd yeah. read the script and that and the tone. And I was like, oh, that didn't really come across in the you know, trailer you're they right. put out kind of thing. And You're right. And, and maybe it's just me. I, 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 I totally, I've possibly just watched Tremors too many times and 
uh, watch Tremors 4, which you couldn't, it's a very, it's a family, they were kind of family friendly horror films. They are, the the first four, yeah. And I don't think they are totally toned. I don't think they're, they're they're not Disney-fied to that extent. Uh, And there is a little bit of bad language. And there's obviously lots of guns and things exploding, but this, but they still try and keep that younger audience, I think, in mind. Well, so it's almost like they had the TV edits in mind when they, so they're like Mother Humpers and, uh-huh. which has got a wonderful charm to it. Yeah, I, I love using the term Mother Humpers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that was something I, I discovered writing the book that that was in that was. Although they didn't want that to be in the film, yes, they self-edited themselves and put yeah. that in. Uh, I always thought it was edited for the for television, uh, just for that screening. But but no, but by the time they get to the the sequels and that TV pilot, who, who knows what the actual the final script was like? Uh, maybe I hadn't read the final final yeah. one, but it was just that little bit more adult. And, I, I'm so, and as I'm reading it and and watching those new Chambers films, I'm thinking, who is the audience for this? Because if you are and I suppose one of the original Tremors fans, which I guess is who you're aiming it at, because if you're making Tremors 6, you're really probably not expecting a brand new person to just randomly watch this film. You sort of no, that's it. You think there must be someone who's maybe watched the first, who's watched a couple of them. So to just suddenly completely change the character type, it's 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 a strange thing to do. Anyway, I could go on about that, that for, for a while, but... Uh, it's, it's that temptation yeah. to take something that was, you know, relatively pure and make it dark and edgy, kind of thing. It was around that time of everybody doing that as well. Yeah, and I think that's probably part of it. I think if you, if if the screenwriter for the Tremors TV show, he's, who knows what he's thinking? But there's probably mm. something in there about, uh, you know, let's be self-referential in a way, and 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 just. I don't know. Yeah, just try and make it that that kind of quirky adult tone to it that people will find cool and funny. And I'm sure plenty of people would. And maybe actually watching it on the telly, it would have been funny. So yeah, because I've never seen it, I shouldn't really criticize. I'm not. I'm trying not to criticize, but I'm just from no, what no, I've I, read. I 100 know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From what I, from what I've read, I wasn't totally impressed. But but at the same time, I should. In saying that, I, I do actually think the story itself was quite clever. Um, what they were trying to do with with this, and he's he's already spoken about it. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, this idea of of kind of a, of a cult, a graboid cult that had that had set itself up near perfection, and they were trying to bring back the graboids. I think they probably see the graboids as sort of part of Mother Earth and part of the 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 natural way of things. So they wanted to try and tempt them back, and of course. And it's quite a nice idea that of of how do you how do you bring back this dormant beast, this creature, and then there's Val, whose whose life has maybe not gone the right the right direction, um, but potentially we'll never know if they don't ever release it. Although it does seem, as you were saying, it just seems strange to spend all that money and and have a fan base that want to see it, and just to leave it on a shelf somewhere. That's sure. it. I mean. Even if people only watch it once and decide they hated it, it's it's still got to pull in viewing figures or yeah, and they could put it out to sell. You're getting that money, or <laughs> well, that's it. You could easily put that out on Blu-ray and and make a few quid, stick a commentary on it, and I'm sure you would make a, make your money. You would think you would make your money back, but 
but hey, I'm not a film producer, so I don't know. <laughs> At that point, recouping anything's got to be good, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you think so. Perhaps it costs more to put out than it does to... Maybe. Perhaps they'll whack it on a 30th anniversary edition of the first film or something. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, that would be... That's where you could put it in the box set, isn't it? With the, yeah. All the other films, a new documentary and the pilot. and Yeah, that would make sense. But So from doing the book... Have you, and obviously you run the Facebook page as well, has that opened the door to fans and going to events and like Tremors events, which I've seen there are a few that seem to pop up every now and again? Yeah, Tremors is a funny franchise. It's, I think it, it has a massive, there's, there's, there are, I was going to say millions. I don't know if there are millions, but there's certainly, there's constantly new fans. There are a lot of original fans and it does seem to be uh, what what I love to see is on Michael Gross's Facebook page. He sometimes shares photos of fans dressing up as him, as Bert Gummer. And sometimes he'll share Halloween little kids, sort of ten year, nine year old kids dressing up as Bert Gummer. And then of course, part of you is thinking, "Oh dear, it's a nine year old child with a with a gun, pretending yeah. to be a survivalist." But at the same time, you know, I was doing that when I was nine. We all had our toy guns and things. So yeah, that's it. Don't, don't take it too seriously. But anyway, um, it's quite fun seeing seeing these seeing the fans reacting. But and and I, and I also mentioned there about Twitter and the fact that when Tremors is shown in America or an ITV. I don't know what it is, four, I think it's... Yeah, usually four of it, because I usually text my friend and be like, Tremors is on. Yeah, so when that, that pops up, people are retweeting it and they, they love it. So that that's one thing. But at the same time, when I was writing the book, finding a Tremors fan base online was actually quite difficult. There is a Tremors, or there was, I've not looked for a little while, but there was a Tremors website called something like tremors underground or something like that yeah uh, and i had the discussion forum on there but it was very rarely used and i think when i was writing the book i was thinking oh dear what if the no <laughs> what, if, what if this is the the fan base and three people that use this website buy the book which in a way would have been fine because at least i'd written the book but uh, so so it's that funny thing of tremors doesn't seem to have a it's not got a very organized fan base then let's, no. let's say that whereas a lot of things do of course a lot of franchises do and also it's, it's kind of keeping in earl that our fan, the fan base isn't very organized isn't it we don't plan ahead <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah that's true and <laughs> and i think with other ones i think because as well tremors is probably it, it it stands alone a little bit i'm sure you could reel off 10 other films that are the same but i'm just thinking about it's a horror i keep saying this and i know i keep saying this and i'm, I'm sounding like a broken record but I, I say it in the book as well it's just this weird ma uh, mashup of um it's a horror film but it isn't a traditional set at night stock it's not a slasher film then and it's it's not the sort of thing that um i think it's fright rags do these t-shirts and things i don't know if they've done a tremors t-shirt and uh, you know, I listen to some of these podcasts like um, Shockwaves, and they talk about slasher films and Giallo films, and, and Tremors never really comes up because it is this outlier. It's this set during the daytime. It's a horror film, but it's comedy as well, and it's a bit of sci-fi stuff. So, um, I've kind of forgotten now where I was going with that that point, but I think I think I was just going to say that, that a lot of these other franchises have. They're just a bit easier to 
categorized maybe and it's like you know what you're, you're getting with a halloween film yeah and the fans can sort of just buy a mask if they want to or buy a t-shirt but and then there you go whereas tremors it just it doesn't seem to work like that so i think it's very much loved like kevin bacon said when i spoke to him that he when he goes to kind of uh, the heartland of america you know, if, he, if he lands in some little town people respond with tremors to him yeah, that's the film that people tend to watch, and I think it's just got that mass appeal, which I suppose is why Universal are still making a lot of money about from it because, um, yeah, the audience is out there, but they're just not very organised. So, so I, I did. I mean, I kind of helped organise uh, an event for the launch of the book in LA. There's a there was a shop called Creature Features in Burbank. Which I think is not, I don't think it's there anymore just because of rent yeah. prices. I think it still kind of exists. It's online um, and it's a fantastic, I mean, it was a brilliant little shop, just your kind of dream forbidden planet, but but better. Just a planet of the apes, like a, an ape from Planet of the Apes was in there. They had one of the, the original, um, what would you call it? The Just one of the characters, you know, like a full size yeah. character. And magazines and DVDs. So they organised back in kind of 2015-ish. They would have fantastic events and and invite. They would bring an X Files CD out or something, and then they would have the, the like Mark Snow there, for example, something like that. So anyway, we managed to get a Tremors event there, and I managed to invite along quite a lot of the cast and crew. So that was a that was a great event, and there was a 25th anniversary screening in. LA and I happened to be over at the time for I think called the TCM Classic Film Festival which I've been to a few times and so that was op- the opening night of that was on the same night as the Tremors screening and there they had something like 10 cast and crew uh, so that was brilliant and I recorded that I've not put it online yet I should actually I've been, I remember thinking I should put that online but I haven't done that um, maybe I could do that for the 30th anniversary try and find the video yeah. Uh, the Q&A they did afterwards. So, yeah, so th- there really aren't that many events, sadly. I wish there were more, but I'm hoping in maybe for the 30th anniversary. I think without, again, you know, without wanting to speak on behalf of anybody else, something I have kind of picked up from some of the guys that I interviewed for the book is that because the way that the franchise has gone, and the way that Universal have sort of just pushed the creators and the producers out of the way of the originals, I think there's now a little bit of, um, uh, I don't know what the word, you know, not animosity. I don't think anyone feels quite that, but there's maybe just, when I spoke to them, they were still quite engaged with it all and maybe thought there was still a potential for them to be involved. Yeah. And now that that's not happened, I think there's maybe a bit of like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I want to still be involved in this so much as, as I was. So I don't want to name any names, but I get, yeah. I kind of get that vibe. I think at the same time, if there was to be a Tremors 30th anniversary event, quite a lot of people would still go. Yeah. I hope. But generally, I think if, I think, I think it's maybe easier to say if I was writing the book now, it probably wouldn't happen or it certainly wouldn't happen as well as it did five yeah. years ago i think the world is different in the world of tremors yeah um, and you've now got different not that people are, are are nasty to each other but for want of a better word factions almost you've got your 
your original Tremors 1 to 4 and TV show fat, uh, people. And then now you've got the guys that are doing Tremors 5 and 6 and 7 who I think are probably just brought on these guys, like you mentioned Jarhead too, the same team. I think the way that Universal makes does these things so cheaply is they just have a set crew of like gun for hire um, cinematographers and yeah. um, production assistants that they can just say, right, you're going to South Africa in two months' time and you're making this sequel. And then after that, you're going to Lithuania and you're going to do this one. This is how long you've got. This is your budget. Go and do it. I say it's the guys that sort of do about 10 films a year kind of job, yeah. isn't it? It's- yeah, and, and I'm not uh, and great. And that's great and, and good on them. And I'm sure a lot of the films are, are, are great and, and they're fans of these films. It's just a very different way. It's And I suppose that's the way you do it if you are uh, a company. Universal's there to make money. That's, of course, why they exist. So good on them for for finding a way that works. It just means that for fans who are really invested in uh, the emotions or the, the, you know, the backstory of characters, we're just kind of shoved to one side a little bit, I think. And it's like, well, it doesn't really matter about you. We'll just try and get some other people that that, um, want to watch it. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's my slightly cynical take on it. (laughs) No, I don't think it's cynical at all. I think when you're as passionate about something, sort of, especially with something that the original creators have stuck with for so long, for them to sort of be shunned out, you do sort of feel it as a fan. And yeah, and I've tried to to sort of um, stick up for them a little bit, I suppose, sometimes on on Facebook without without being that annoying person. Hopefully, not being that annoying person that keeps saying, "Yeah, but." What if they were still involved? I think it, and but you know, it would be different saying things like that. But other people, I do see them saying that. So of course, it's not just me. I do see people commenting on. Um, there is a Facebook, like an official Tremors Facebook page. Yeah, which is is worth signing up to because there's some some. It's nice to see fans' collections and um, just weird and wonderful photos and, and Photoshop things. But it is nice sometimes just to see people saying, "Yeah, but what, what if what if the guys at Stampede were still involved?" and and you think, "Yeah, it was just they should be." But, but hey, um, but you know, but then again, plenty of people love the sequels just as much, and that's great. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing of film, isn't it? Different people get different things out of, of different course. things. So absolutely, yeah. It's, and you know, if if the new films turn people onto the original, I'm all for it. And mm-hmm. that. Exactly. In that weird way, you discover things backwards sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember speaking to someone at Universal Studios who who was actually uh, in Universal in the UK, and he was in Edinburgh visiting a horror convention, I think a horror event in town. And I had a brief chat with him just about Tremors, and he said that Tremors and the Child's Play films are Universal's most popular franchises. Oh, that's interesting. Which was slightly bizarre, but that totally yeah. makes sense if you look at what's what's happening with, with Child's Play because they've got, I don't know how many sequels, is it six or seven? Yeah, because they've done the same thing, haven't they, where they've booted the original creator yeah. out and sort of yeah. done this weird reboot thing that I've not seen yet. It might be all right. I've heard mixed reviews, but... Yeah, that's it. So they've got a new film and there's a new TV show. And oh, the TV, sh- TV show. Yeah, the TV show is... Uh, I don't, I'm no expert on this either, but I think the TV show is set... It's like a slightly different 
it's not tied into the new film. All right. So that's a bit like Tremors, where they've got they can make a Tremors six and also make a Kevin Bacon film uh, TV show at the same time, and very strange. Yeah. <laughs> it, must, it must be really weird being in, in working at Universal and think you know being involved in the TV and let's say in the films, <laughs> and then and then someone sends you an email and says, oh by the way we're doing this thing with Kevin Bacon, and you're like, but we're doing this thing with Michael Gross and it's set in this universe of the chair in the, and they're like, no, but ours is set where this didn't happen. It must be a bit weird. That's it. We've we've got this one franchise in two branches and never the two shall meet. Kind of yeah. Thing. Very strange. I don't know why they don't just combine combine talents and, and try and make a super <laughs> like an Avengers Assemble type <laughs> yeah. and bring everyone back into it. Uh, that that would seem to be the uh, would be the most obvious thing to do. But yeah, I suppose if you built it around Bert so much now, it might be difficult to sort of not sideline him so much, but. Bringing yeah, th- Kevin Bacon back in and not sidelining Burt, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I I'd think... love to see a sequel with Fred Ward and all of them back. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose it would be a little bit... If you were um, if you were Michael Gross, you might feel a little bit insulted that they were bringing the original star back and you were being sidelined a bit. But I don't know, maybe. Yeah. But, but I know in the, in the TV show, the rumour was that they were going to bring back Fred Ward for yeah, a second he season. He was on IMDb, wasn't he? He was yeah. involved, but he was nowhere to be seen in the trailer. That's right. He's not in. He, he wouldn't have been in the first season, which I think was only going to be six or, six or eight episodes. But Andrew Miller, who was the, the writer and producer, he did say on Twitter he wanted to bring back... Maybe Fred would have been in the last 30 seconds of the, of the series or something. Yeah, but uh, but I never. I mentioned Fred earlier. That I tried to speak to him. I just didn't get any response from him at all. Just total silence. So that was a shame. It would have been nice even just to get a <laughs> just yeah, to get just lost. To, but <laughs> just to but, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely nothing. So yeah, he's, he's just a very private. Email going unanswered. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think he's just a very private guy. But yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. I suppose there are certain actors that sort of shut the door on the job once it's done kind of thing. And yeah, but, absolutely. But yeah, so I mean, sort of wrapping it up on tremors then sort of in a nutshell, if you were to recommend tremors to somebody, what is it about tremors that you love? What is it that meant so much to you about tremors, the film and the franchise? Well, I'm going to be predictable and say, use that word charm again. I think it is, I, I like the fact that in Tremors, it's not about the superstars and it's not about the A-list stars. It's about a group. That film has so many character actors in there. So Michael Gross, of course, is one of them and and Fred Ward um, and all these, all these guys that in most films maybe get a couple of lines. If it was that sort of, if it was a bigger budget film, I think Michael Gross might just get a couple of lines and be a bit of a comedy character. Yeah. Uh, the same with Tony Gennaro as, as Miguel, he, in, in your typical film, he's just the little guy that, um, 
I don't know, owns a ranch and he gets a line in it. And I love the fact that these are, they're all brought to the fore and these are the stars. You're left with a kind of almost like the B list, uh, the B team rather than the A team. Yeah. Uh, and that's just really, you don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm not, I've not really thought about it too much, but it's not, I can't think of too many other films these days that are maybe like that. It's usually you're selling it on, of course, you're always going to have that, that more A-list character. I suppose Kevin Bacon was that, was the big star. Yeah. But usually you've got some, just those bigger names around them. So that really appeals to me. And the fact that they do feel like they are living in a real town. They just feel like real people, um, although slightly, of course, heightened and um, because they're just characters, but it just it just feels a little bit more lived in. It's a very it's a it's a dusty town in the middle of nowhere. It's been forgotten, uh, and I just I really enjoy that. And, and lots of things I like, I suppose, like um, maybe Northern Exposure. That's something else where you just have those those guys in a location that is not it's not cool it's not trendy it's not like in the middle of new york and they're going out to cool places it's just guys that are living in shacks and um trying to make a living so so to me i suppose that that is one of the things that really appeals to me and i've already said the sense of humor and just all those different genres vying for vying for um attention i suppose you know one minute it's funny and the next minute it's scary so that's that's just something else I think really it's it's very clever to get all those those things to work and those tones to work is very it, it's it's difficult and the fact they managed to do it, it really appeals to me. So I think if somebody wanted to watch this for the first time it's just a very different film. I think a lot of people w- would be put off horror films because they're not horror fans and they, they're scared and they, they want to be going to bed terrified and having nightmares i don't know if tremors would give you nightmares maybe some people have had nightmares but no possibly the bit with the doctor and his wife that's true yeah that is that is quite scary but that's sort of the only thing i was watching because i was watching it and i was like apart from a little bit of bad language i wonder whether my 10 year old could actually watch this with me yeah and then i saw that bit and i was kind of like, that might be the little bit that's <laughs> just a little bit too far but not so far that you know i'd have to take him to therapy for the rest of his life yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. There are those scary moments in there, and 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 the graboids are. I mean, something just. I, I know, and this is not what you asked me, but it it still amazes me when, you, having written the book and speaking to the guys that created the graboids, I didn't realize how many of the graboids in the film are miniatures. And I think even that, you know, as a uh, if you were a, a, someone who's interested in the art of making films and the art of practical effects to be able to watch that film. I think you watch it the first time and you just enjoy it and have a great time with it. But if you really wanted to, to, to look a bit closer at it you, and you read about it, uh, of course, reading my book or Googling it and just finding articles on it to realize that so many of those graboid attacks were just tiny little puppets. Yeah. But they were so clever with the scale and the, the, um, the perspective on on these things and and the way it's amazing. It's just, that was really clever as well. Well, I didn't realize till I read the book. I'm, I'm completely honest, you know, it uh, it just never occurred to me. And so, mm. when you know it, you can sort of maybe see bits where it was miniatures, but it's so well done. That it's you've got to be really nitpicky watching it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think when I was interviewing 
the Scotex, I think it was Robert Scotek that I interviewed. I think there's there's two two brothers. Uh, I can't remember the other brother's name, but interviewing him and he was, I mean, of course, the, the main one, if someone who's listening to this hasn't seen Tremors, uh, it's a bit of a spoiler, I suppose, to go and Google the the bit where the um, the graboid bursts into Bert's uh, underground, you know, into, into his into basement, the room. Yeah. into the right room. But that sequence, uh, minor spoiler, I suppose, but the fact that, that there's that scene where the camera pans across and it's a miniature, you just wouldn't know it. And it's a, it's so that that is something else that really appeals to me, just that old school effects that now are of course it would be cgi now and of course the sequels mainly are cgi yeah and that's a real loss and and of course you know why they've done it because it saves money but yeah <laughs> but yeah i think it's tremor six there is a, a a practical effect in there they do have a, a a graboid head at one point but um but no just to see to to, to know what, how they did that is uh that's it's really impressive. So there's just there's just so many good things in that film that are worth. I think it it, it rewards rewatch a rewatch multiple rewatches really. Yeah, it's so easy to watch as well. Well, that's the thing. You it's said one of those films you can drop in half hour in and not be totally. lost. You can. Well, totally. You were saying there you're about texting your friend about it's on ITV four. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's yeah yeah any point you can just tune in. And you could watch just 10 minutes of it even or, or just watch the rest of it. And it's just good fun. Uh, and it's not mean and it's not nasty. And um, yeah, it's got so many good things going for it. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I suppose the other thing to say is, you know, having watched it, I don't know how many times for this book, I'm still not bored of it. And I would still happily watch it again tonight. And I, and when I launched the book, we I took it to a few different cinemas to watch it on the big screen. And uh, I was happy just to sit and watch it, and uh, you know, it felt pr- like a privilege to rewatch it on on the, at the cinema. And um, and I suppose that must say something. It either says something about me, or it says something about the film. I don't know, but the fact that a lot of films I can happily watch them once every ten years, and that's enough. Yeah, I watched. I know it's nothing, not similar at all. But I watched Face Off again a few weeks ago, just because I thought, oh, that'd be fun. I think it was one pound fifty in the shop in the charity <laughs> shop. And I watched it and enjoyed it, but I didn't. I, I was saying to my my girlfriend at the time. I think we both said, "Okay, I could leave that another, yeah, ten years time and watch it again, and that's fine." Yeah, it's um, it's a wonderfully stupid film, but not is. quite the easy watch of. Yeah, so I, I, it's yeah, not not. It's, it's very late nineties as well. <laughs> it is. Yeah, there's and something Tremor, timeless about Tremors. I think exactly as you were saying that. I was just thinking that that's that's another thing to say about the film is. It's it could be set now, really, because of the fact that probably I'm guessing I, I don't offend anybody who lives in Nevada <laughs> in a small town, and I'm sure there's of course there's satellites and, and internet and things, but I, I'm guessing if you do have a mountain range around you, you might be struggling a little bit for good connection to the yeah to, your Wi-Fi is not going to be <laughs> exactly your Virgin Media connection is not going to be fantastic. So I think the fact that the technology is not focused on in the film. I suppose people are, are using walkie-talkies a little bit and the telephone. Uh, you're right, it just doesn't age. And, and they could be, it could almost be today. Uh, and that really helps. I said nothing dates a film more than somebody pulling out their mobile phone and it's a flip phone. <laughs> yeah. Or, 
one of those old Motorola razor jobs. <laughs> Just like, oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that that also probably works in Gemma's favour in, in another 10, 15, 20 years. It could still be looking relatively fresh. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, especially with HD restoration and that now. <laughs> it looks Actually, like it was uh, shot a week ago. Yeah, and, and I really enjoyed seeing it. And uh, as I say, at the cinema, they had... It was restored, I think, for the 25th anniversary. or I don't know if it was for the anniversary, but it was around that time anyway. So you can see it in, in, a, in a really nice version. Uh, and I think we also watched it in 35mm, another one of the screenings, which was, which was really nice. So I, I would love to do a Tremors and Tremors 2 double bill for the 30th anniversary. Because I, I, the sequels were filmed on 35mm. Yeah. But... Uh, never shown, of course, in cinemas because they were straight to video. Well, if but, if you do do that, let me know because I will be all over that. <laughs> I will do. Yeah, I, I should. I, I'll look. I'll look into it. I know someone who can, who's always who shows a lot of films and might be able to track one down. But I think that would be quite a rare one to find. But it's one of those films I'd love to see on a big screen. Yeah, yeah. Because having only ever seen it on a TV screen, kind of thing, it, I'd really like to see it in like a fifties. American drive-through kind of experience because it's perfect for that yeah. kind of setup. But but yeah, no, I'd I'd love to see it on a big screen. So yeah, if it ever happens, or let me know and I'll. Yeah, I will do. Yeah, I think I'll yeah, we'll... be there with with bells on. <laughs> <laughs> we we saw it was a self, myself and a and a friend who um, who this chap Ian who lives in Edinburgh he used to be a manager of the Cameo Cinema in Edinburgh, which is quite a famous cinema certainly up here uh, but anyway we took it to a few cinemas in scotland we wanted to go down uh, take it down to like manchester and and further afield but i don't think they wanted to show it i think in manchester they were a little bit reticent for some reason and um anyway yeah maybe maybe it's the 30th anniversary it'd be nice to do something else with it maybe see if we can find a boulder somewhere that we can do a big outdoor screening on it yeah that'd be good yeah. Like like they do show jaws on you sit in a boat on a lake. That could be good fun. Tremors yeah. on a rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you have to pole vault across the rocks to, to get to the screen or something. Yeah. Yeah, was it Secret Cinema? They have Secret Cinema as well, don't they? You they do, do have Tremors. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to go to Lone Pine, where they filmed the first one at some point. Yeah. That would be amazing, but it's never happened. And I think at the moment... Yeah, well, let's not get too political, but I think but yeah, Ameri avoid middle America. <laughs> yeah, well, just get just America. I just don't know for various reasons at the moment. Much as I love America, I don't know if I could go there just now. But anyway, that's yeah, that's no, a no, I I one hundred percent understand. <laughs> yeah. So but, yeah. So yeah. So sort of, where can people find the book to buy if they want to buy a copy? I think the best place is really just Amazon. Yeah, just just on Amazon. Um, uh, yeah, that's the best place. Cool. Uh, and there's the Facebook page, which is still fairly active on as well and updating. I try to. I try to. Uh, I try to add new things. I mean, at the moment, there's not tons of news. Tremor no. Seven is a mystery at the moment. I think Michael Gross is on holiday. <laughs> He's <laughs> please follow Michael Gross if if you're not, because he he does post some really fun things. He does a lot of TV movies, um, what's the the one they have at Hallmark Channel? Hallmark, I think he yeah. he seems to play Santa Claus a lot. 
He's either Burt Gummer or Santa Claus. That seems to be the sort of role that he has. So he posts quite a lot. So he, anyway, he's on holiday, I think, in, I don't know, Italy or somewhere just now. So I mean, whenever I see that, I'm thinking, oh, right, so you've not started filming Tremor 7 yet. I wonder when that's going to be. Uh, so he's worth following. And then, yeah, but there's uh, apart from that, there's just not much news to share. But I try to when I see things. I get I get email alerts popping up sometimes saying tremors. That's the thing. I, I have for a few years I've had these tremors Google alerts coming through. But the amount of earthquake yeah. <laughs> messages I get, I feel like I'm an expert on um, where someone, you know, where an earthquake has, has happened because it's always like tremors of 6.6 <laughs> on the Richter scale have just been found in wherever. And I'm like, oh, it's not it's not a tremor seven alert. It's tremors seven on the Richter scale. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's it. Uh, so, but yeah, the seeking perfection Facebook page is worth signing up to, and it's just yeah, it's mainly me that does it. It's not really. I think the the, the official tremors fan page, I think it's called, is the one to go to as well for all the the kind of more. People, as I was saying earlier, posting their "Here's my new Blu-ray" or or whatever posters and things. Yeah, yeah, because it was it's one of those films that, despite the cult following, doesn't have a lot of merch. There's sort of mm. no Funko Pops of it yet that people seem to like to buy. Or <laughs> there it's were no weird. McFarlane toys. Or it's very strange, isn't it? I I don't understand that. The guy, the the guys, Steve Wilson and. Brent Maddox, especially Steve Wilson, he keeps track of a lot of the, you know, one of the writers, he, he keeps track of all the kind of what's happening with Universal. And and whenever you say to him, is there, when I was writing the book anyway, when I asked him about merchandise, he just said it would cost too much money for Universal to do. Their legal department don't care enough to, to kind of sign off on a Chambers comic or yeah. a Chambers novel. And he's not allowed to do anything because he, of course, doesn't own the the intellectual property on the thing that he created that's now owned by Universal. So yeah. it's really sad because, yeah, there could be. And, and people on Twitter all the time, I see people saying, comics creators saying, I want to do a Tremors comic book. How do I do it? And sometimes I'll just be that guy who says, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> sit down <laughs> not to dampen your spirits but universal couldn't care less so ain't gonna happen mate but uh but maybe one day i like all these things if if tremors five six and seven can happen after almost 10 years of yeah nothing, you never know maybe there'll be a comic i would love to buy a comic book i would love to buy all these nonsense things but I would just to have something tremors on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it's weird. Yeah, I don't know why Universal can't just give the intern, you know, the legal department, give him a week to come up <laughs> to do something with uh, sign off some some merchandise. But so, sort of backtracking a little bit with the book, did you have to speak to Universal at all? I know it's you know done as the unofficial guide. Yeah, did I speak to them? I did speak to them. Uh, and that's something I'm actually quite, I suppose, proud of in a way, in that most books that you read about franchises uh, and films, they don't tend to, well, I don't know if they try or just if they don't get response, but I was quite proud and happy to speak to some of the guys who work on the films and who produce the films. So it was interesting to hear that side of it. So it wasn't just the creators 
and the actors saying this is what it was like on set. Uh, it was kind of the guys who were behind the scenes with the spreadsheets talking about what it, why they greenlit Tremors 3. And one of the guys I spoke to, I think he'd retired by that point, Louis Fiola, I think his name was, who was one of the people who was really, whose name I think you'll probably never see. He might be in the credits of Tremors 2 or 3 or 4, but possibly not. Uh, It's just one of the, almost the backroom guys, but he was really responsible for getting those films made. So the fact that I got to speak to them was really nice and that they were willing to. But whether they would do it now, once again, I don't know whether they would just say we don't, we don't need to speak to you now. I don't know. Maybe they would. Yeah. But uh, And I was also very happy to speak to a chap called Jim Jacks, who I admittedly hadn't really heard of at the time. But when I started looking into it, it turns out he was a, a big name in Hollywood for many years. And he helped get things like, I think he helped the Coen brothers uh, find, you know, get their get their films made and yeah, he was a producer on more rats i think i think that's why abs- i know his name absolutely i was just going to say that yeah he was <laughs> for kevin smith he was the guy who who helped him and um and the mummy films as well he produced the mummy film so i got to speak to him and it was only maybe six months to a year before he died uh and that happened a couple of times i, I spoke to i mentioned there Mm, uh, Tony Gennaro who was Miguel yeah. in Chambers and Chambers 3 and I managed to get in touch with him I can't even remember how I did I think it was through his agent who said oh yeah here's his phone number and I phoned up Tony one day because I, I didn't have his email address and he was in his kitchen making a cup of coffee and he said oh nobody's, nobody's ever interviewed me about Chambers before but yeah okay let's have a chat so I spoke to him and he, uh, and maybe a couple of years after that, he sadly passed away. So I'm, I'm so glad I got to speak to him. Yeah. And and the one other one, not to be to bring it down, but <laughs> uh, it's I, I kind of like sometimes when I when I, I've done a you know I've spoken to a couple of podcasts over the last few years about tremors and and I do kind of like to just mention the guys that just aren't here anymore, just because maybe no one's really speaking about them anymore, you know, so much. And the other one was Marcia Strassman who. I spoke to, she was in Tremors, the series, and she, she played Nancy. Nancy, yeah. And she had a, a really good career. Her, her Back in the 70s, she was in things like MASH and um, that, um, what's his name, John Travolta's comedy, Welcome Back, Cotter, which I think yeah. was his first sort of comedy, wasn't it? His first big break. She was yeah, in that. Was and, yeah, and the spin-off from 21 Jump Street. She was in Booker. So she was in loads of things. And I managed to speak to her. And she was just the nicest lady and spent about an hour maybe speaking to me about tremors and about the fact that she had uh, she'd had cancer. She was recovering from cancer and how her career, when she had to take time off for cancer treatment, she ended up going back as an older actress making these these TV movies, the ones that I mentioned, the kind of Michael Gross makes, yeah. which uh, I think they make, they just make, I don't know, dozens certainly of these things every Christmas. But she was a little, just a bit sad about that, I think, and the fact that her, she was, she, she was at that point where she was saying she just didn't want to do any more. I think she was, they were kind of demeaning and she just didn't want to do that. And, um, and we just had a really nice chat about 
um, uh, Jim Belushi, or John Belushi, John Belushi it was, who was yeah. a friend of hers. And she'd been in the Rockford Files. And I love, I love the Rockford Files. So anyway, we had this just fantastic chat. And this just came from me wanting to speak to her about an old, you know, a few episodes of a, of a, of a really, of a low budget sci-fi program, Tremors, the series. And, um, and I just came away from it feeling she was just such a, a nice woman. And she said at the end of it, you know, if you want to have a chat again, give me a call anytime. And she, she genuinely sounded like she meant it. And I didn't ever call her back because you just tend not to when someone, you know, you, I, don't, I didn't know her, but I wish I had. And she was what, she was one of the only people really that I just thought, um, you, you just felt like someone you could just phone up and have a chat with. And she would yeah. tell you about, um, she loved British TV and she was a fan of Doctor Who and Peter Capaldi and, um, Sherlock and things like that. So anyway, I've gone off on a tangent, but it's, <laughs> It's uh, it's just that's the kind of nice things that can happen, I suppose, when you're just speaking to people about their career, I suppose, and their life and things like that. So, yeah, nice, nice, nice kind of memories. Yeah, that's it. And you know, things like tremors open those sort of doors for you, and yeah. certainly for you with writing the book and that. And um, so, sort of tremors aside, what are you working on next? I mean, I know, but people listening might not. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, at the moment, I am spending my time writing a book on Highlander, on the first Highlander film, uh, which I, after I wrote the, f- uh, wrote the first book, uh, wrote the Tremors book, uh, I think I finished that. That was out in 2015. And with anything that takes you years to do, you're, you're sort of thinking, okay, that's, I don't, I don't want to do that again. It's, it was exhausting and that's that for now. And because I live in Edinburgh, we have the Edinburgh Film Festival. And in 2016, we had, it was the, uh, I think it was the 30th anniversary of Highlander. And Clancy Brown was invited to the festival to show the film, who of course was the Kurgan in, yes. in Highlander. And, and I got an interview with him. And so that kind of, he doesn't really do that too many interviews. And I thought, oh, I've now got an interview with Clancy Brown. What am I going to do with this interview? And it just sort of spun out from there. And so now I've got another <laughs> another 50 or so <laughs> interviews with people who made just the first film. Whereas with Tremors, I was speaking to 50 people over four or five films now it's just in one so yeah. i've done it i've done it again i've i've gone ludicrously over the top with my interviews and now i've got to try and sort them all out and turn it into a, a narrative that people want to read you've got to do it though you never know you might miss that nugget of gold if you sort of think i won't bother interviewing that person they were only such and such kind of totally. thing totally absolutely yeah i mean that that was the thing with with tremors there was i, I think it was a production designer there was there was a few guys that I spoke to for that uh, and just the, some of the stories they came out with were, were amazing. And, and the same has really happened with this book, speaking to someone who was a stand-in for Christopher Lambert, uh, who just has some great stories about, well, as I say, standing in, you know, in the, the love scene with BT Edney. Yeah. When Sean Connery turns up 
this, he's got a great story about someone playing golf and almost hitting Sean Connery with a golf ball and Sean Connery running down a hill to try and beat this guy up. And <laughs> just weird. And, and a guy, you know, there's a scene where the, the, the fish falls out of Connor McLeod's uh, kilt, comes yeah. out of the water and the fish, a couple of fish, I think, fall on the ground. And I managed to speak to the guy that actually got the fish and how <laughs> he, he tells this great story about how they had to go off and buy the fish from somebody and the guy wouldn't sell them two fish. He would only sell them a hundred fish because I think he knew he could make money from this production crew. So, so they were stuck with, you know, a hundred fish and only needed two of them. Uh, so yeah, it's just nice to speak. It was great to speak to Christopher Lambert and Russell Mackay and, and people like that, of course. But yeah, I think it's those other people that you've never heard of before that you'll, that people will hopefully find something new uh, in their stories. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Highlander's another film that I love. I got discovered it later than I should have in life, but yeah, me, me too. Kind of. I think I was about twenty, uh, about twenty maybe when I saw it, which is you know kind of late. I think for certainly for some... about the same age. I had a flatmate who was obsessed with Highlander. Yeah, we just came on BBC One one Friday night and was like, <laughs> "You got to watch it." And then we watched two and three because they did it <laughs> one a week kind of thing. Yeah. Like, Why did we watch two? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, that's yeah. We could yeah. That's a whole other conversation, but but I think it is. It's, and I mean, yeah. You know, if, if I'm still doing this pod and <laughs> when the book comes out, I'm definitely up for a Highlander episode if you fancy it. <laughs> Absolutely, that'd be good fun. Um, but yeah, so I'm working on that just now, and and hopefully, almost certainly, that would be out in October 2020. Uh, so, yeah, cool. look out for that one. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Well. Thanks for doing this episode, John. I really enjoyed it. Uh, really enjoyed talking tremors and cool. And that, yeah, and, uh, yeah hearing your insights. Um, Great, yeah. and 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 yeah, I, I've probably gone off on a few tangents there, but uh, it was it was fun to write, and it's still fun to talk about. Yeah, the fact that I'm still talking about the book and the film four or five years after after this, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sick of it yet. So hopefully, yeah. people will will will. If you've seen Chambers before, please watch it again. And if you haven't, well, go watch it, really. Why not? Get get a group of friends together and just yeah, sit and enjoy it. Yeah, or just wait wait for ITV4 to show it in the next week. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Text <laughs> your friends. It seems to be on heavy rotation on there. So. Yeah, yeah. Although, sadly, it's not on, on Netflix here. I think it was for about two weeks for some reason, and then it just disappeared. Yeah, this seems to be a thing. If it's on Netflix, then it's not on Sky Box sets. If it's not on Netflix, you can usually find it on Sky Box sets mm. occasionally, and you know if you've got Sky. But yeah, it's, it's the annoying thing of the streaming ones is that the films that are on there aren't always on there. So. Yeah, yeah, but the Blu-ray is quite cheap, and the DVDs yeah, it's even cheaper. So dirt cheap to pick up. So yeah, so yeah, easy enough to find. So, but yeah, like I say, thanks again for doing this. I really enjoyed it. No worries. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers, Ed. Bye-bye. And that was our talk about Tremors. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'd like to thank Jonathan again for being on and talking Tremors with me. I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said in the intro, it's a film that I love. And, um, yeah, it was great to talk Tremors with somebody who sort of experienced it through being a fan and written a book about it. You can find Jonathan online on Twitter at at John underscore Melville uh, or at his website, www.jonathanmelville.co.uk. You can find the Seeking Perfection page on Facebook. Uh, just search Seeking Perfection. 
uh, and you can buy the book on Amazon. If you haven't already, um, I'm pretty sure you can get it as a Kindle version or as a, you know, proper book. Um, yeah, if you haven't already, it's well worth picking up. It makes an excellent gift too. His plugs, uh, Michael Gross on Twitter, the Tremors fan page and all that stuff, I will put in the show notes on the Podbean site so you can find it all on there. That's it for this one. Um, the links for us are facebook.com forward slash haunted nerds, which is the main page for all things haunted uh, nerds who haunt themselves. I'm thinking about possibly from that page setting up separate groups for each of the shows because I know some people only like the particular shows. So, But we'll see. It means maintaining more groups. Um, you can find me on Twitter as at token nerd. You can find all of the Nerds Who Haunt Themselves episodes, the Why Comics episodes, and the And Why Not episodes so far on the True Believers website, which is oktruebelievers.com. And if you just click on Podcasts at the top, the menu will drop down. And uh, you can find the uh, Nerds Who Haunt Themselves on Podbean at hauntednerds.podbean.com. That's it for this week. I really hope you enjoyed listening. I'm not sure what's coming next week yet because I've got nothing in the diary. Um, so it could be another Y Comics. could be another And Why Not. It may even be a Me and Andy episode. We shall see what the week brings. Uh, that'll be a nice treat and surprise for you, won't it? Uh, until then, thanks for listening. Uh, like I say, I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for supporting. If you feel like leaving us a review on iTunes or something, that's completely up to you. I mean, it'd be awesome if you do, but you know, you've got busy lives and you got better things to do, probably. Uh, thanks for listening, and thank you again to Jonathan for being a part of it, and I will catch you on the next episode. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>